0: Thank
1: you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983,
0: Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. And a very happy, well, Thursday. That's the day it would be if you're listening to it on post day. Happy whatever day it is. Happy above ground day. Especially in these times. It's Eddie Trunk. And this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Rock interviews every week. And I hope you guys are doing well. Thank you for taking some time out to download, to stream, to listen to subscribe to my podcast with new episodes every Thursday via podcast1.com, Apple Podcasts, and of course now, totally free and available to you via Spotify with no subscription needed. As we settle in to talk some rock and to uh, bring you some interviews, as usual, these interviews are courtesy of my Sirius XM radio show, which is called Trunk Nation and can be heard Monday through Friday live on channel 106 volume on Sirius or XM radio. And uh, these days the show is not live. I have to pre-record them because of the coronavirus and the studios being closed, but bringing you all new shows just the same every day, two to four, 10 to midnight Eastern time on 106 tons of great guests. Got this new device from Sirius XM that is enabling me to record phone interviews from home, which has been a godsend, so you're going to also benefit from that because I can bring you some brand new content and some new interviews each and every week. I got a bunch of them in the hopper, as a matter of fact, and I'm going to bring you two pretty long ones, so we're going to have a lot of interview time uh, in this particular week. Coming up a little later on, Joey Belladonna, lead singer in Anthrax, coming up sooner than that. John Five, of course, lead guitarist in Rob Zombie and countless, countless other bands and things that he's done, both good friends, both people that I've known for a very long time. Joey, I go back with literally to to like the late 80s or mid 80s when I was a young kid working at Megaforce and he was a young guy singing in this new band at the time called Anthrax. A lot of history with me and the Anthrax guys and uh, it was kind of ironic what happened because Chris Jericho asked me to be a guest on his podcast, along with Charlie Benanti and Scott Ian of Anthrax, and I think that's posted. I don't know if Jericho's put that out or not yet, but anyway, he did this Anthrax uh, album sort of deal, and uh, it was really fun to do it, and if you've heard the podcast or if it's out yet, again, I don't know if he posted it or not yet, but... You'll hear it, and you can check that out if you're interested. But anyway, we were going down memory lane, myself and Charlie and Scott from Anthrax and Jericho. And ironically, just after I finished recording that podcast with those guys, which was like two hours long, and again, it was for Chris's podcast, not for here, but I got a, a text from Joey Belladonna. Now, Joey has been the lead singer from for Anthrax forever, but you just don't hear from him all that often. But I see him, and we've been friends forever. And Joey has a new Journey tribute band. So he dropped me a line about this Journey tribute, and I said, you know, your ears must have been ringing because I was just talking about you because I was doing this podcast for Jericho with Charlie and Scott, and I was talking about how your voice and you singing in in Anthrax really got me into heavier music 35 years ago. So I said, you know, you want to come on and talk about the Journey Tribute or whatever, just let me know. And he goes, yeah, let's do it. So really sort of strange because Joey had no idea that I had just done this whole thing talking about him and what have you. And uh, he called in and we had a great conversation. You're going to hear a little later on is the second interview in the podcast. We talk about some of the early anthrax years and we talk about this new sideband that Joey Belladonna has uh, and his love of journey. It's a tribute to journey. So that'll be up in a bit. And first up, John five and anybody that's listened to me knows John is a close friend and often on my radio shows. uh, When I do the monthly shows from LA, when things are normal, John often sits in with me on those and uh, we are bonded over our love of kiss growing up. So John is always fun to have on, and he, like everybody in the house, a little bit stir-crazy, and he said, hey, I'll come on. I'd love to come on the radio show and talk a little bit. So we did this interview, which was a lot of fun, that you are about to hear with John 5, and that's, I think, a tad longer than the Belladonna interview. I think John's interview is about 40, 45. Joey's somewhere around 30. So you're going to have a good, you know, hour to hour and a half of interview content on this week's podcast. So let me get out of the way so we can get to it ASAP. But just uh, again, I remind everybody, you know, be well out there, man. Take care of yourselves. Look after everybody. I hope everybody's staying safe. I hope everybody's staying healthy. The the crazy times, unfortunately, continue. And uh, earlier this week, I found out that Rocklahoma is canceled for 2020, a festival near and dear to my heart that I host every year. So that now has gone down. It's just endless, the stuff we are losing because of the coronavirus. But hopefully we can rally together and get through all this and not lose everything. I mean, at this point, you got to be really concerned for any tours and any shows going out between now and the fall at the earliest. So we'll keep an eye on things. And please be sure to follow me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter especially, where I'm most up to the second. There's also Instagram, fan page on Facebook, and of course, there is eddytrunk.com, which is the official online home. So be well. Thank you for taking some time out of your day. I hope uh, whether you listen to the radio show every day on Sirius XM or whether you listen to this podcast or do all of the above, I certainly hope it can create some sort of diversion from the madness of the world today and just uh, get your head out of that space for just a few minutes at least. One other thing on the radio show, I just want to mention, for those in the U.S. and Canada that do not have Sirius or XM and you'd like to hear the show, now through May 15th, they are offering free streaming on the SiriusXM app. You can do a free trial, so go to the app. I'm sure if you get information at SiriusXM.com, it'll show you how to log in and go on. But there is uh, free streaming being offered of my show, all the stuff on all of the entertainment platforms on Sirius XM is totally free. All you got to do is log in and sign up for it. If you'd like to stream it on the app, which is kind of cool considering a lot of people are indoors now and it's a good way to connect and maybe find out. So if you don't have it already and you want to see what goes on on trunk nation Monday through Friday, go ahead and grab the app and uh, have a free preview for the next four or five weeks or so. Okay. So, We'll come back after the break. We will talk to John Five, then we will talk to Joey Belladonna here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey folks, what do companies like Ring, Hint, and Tacovis all have in common? They all use NetSuite to accelerate their growth. Successful companies know that in order to grow faster, you must have the right tools. With NetSuite, you get a full picture of your business. Finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. Run your entire business from anywhere, even if you're working from home. With NetSuite, they've got you covered. Now, if you want to take your company from, say, $2 million to $10 million, or $10 million to hundreds of million in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools to turbocharge that growth. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make the right decisions and grow with confidence. That's why NetSuite customers grow faster than the S&P 500. NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system, trusted by more than 20,000 companies it's the last system you'll ever need. NetSuite. Business grows here. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide. Six ways to run a more profitable business at netsuite.com slash netsuite, trunk. That's netsuite.com slash T-R-U-N-K, netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E.com slash trunk, T-R-U-N-K. NetSuite.com slash trunk. This is
1: the Eddie Trunk Podcast.
0: Eddie Trunk here with you. Thanks for being here on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. A little later on, Joey Belladonna in a very extended podcast this week. A lot of great content for you. Figured I'd give you a little bonus double dip, considering a lot of people are sort of looking for stuff to listen to, stuff to watch. So I hope you enjoyed these interviews, which happened over the last couple of weeks and originated on Trunk Nation, my Sirius XM radio show. So first up, uh, John 5 right now. This interview happened about a week and a half ago. John called in from where else? Home, where everybody is right now. And we talked about a wide range of stuff, including, of course, what's going on in the world today and a bunch of other things. His Kiss collection, all sorts of fun stuff. So here we go with John Five first first up. How are you, buddy?
1: I am well. I am well. I am uh, locked up, quarantined here <laughs> in Los Angeles. And uh, just, you know, I'm... Right now I'm hiding under my bed, so I'm doing this from under my bed.
0: <laughs> you know, I wonder about this because obviously it's a serious time, but it also is, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, laugh. uh. Um, there's so many artists that have a lot of bands are super prolific. They're always doing something. They're always touring. They're always writing. Uh, Most, almost every musician has at least two different bands. They're in, you've got Rob Zombie, you've got the creatures. So uh, the point is, is so many of my friends like you and and all these artists are so used to go, go, go and always moving and always traveling. How has it been for you to kind of be in lockdown? Is it a a tough adjustment?
1: Um, it, Is not because when I'm home off tour, all I do, I don't really leave the house. I play guitar, clean my house. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'm completely being super honest with you. And um, because I'm always out and running around. So I'm okay. You know, I am doing what is being told to do and I'm staying in. And I just play guitar I'll you know clean the house and play guitar some more watch uh Netflix and go into my 70s shack and the uh and uh you know enjoy that my kiss layer and you know I'm in, I'm okay I just want what bothers me the most of course people getting sick and people getting ill and when you do get sick you're like so freaked out like oh my god am I gonna have to go to the emergency room and I gonna have had to be on a ventilator blah 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 you know, it's terrifying. It must be so terrifying for these people that are getting sick. I mean, it's, the numbers are doubling every day, at least in Los Angeles and New York and and places like that. And I guess everywhere else around the country, numbers are just doubling. And it's, and another thing that actually literally keeps me awake at night is these people that cannot go to their jobs. And how are they going to pay their rent? And how are they going to um, function? And it it really uh, is just such a terrible, terrible thing that's going on right now. It's, it's, it's awful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm lucky in that I, I was just mentioning, I mean, due to technology, I, I always had a home studio. I mean, I've told my audience, uh, any time that i'm not on the road 95% of the of the shows that they've heard me do live on uh, here on volume have originated from my home studio so th- that having that in advance was a blessing because it was an, it enabled me to transition right into this mode of being able to keep doing new shows the difference being is once i lost the ability to have a producer in, in the headquarters, once the building's closed, then I had to go into sort of this pre-recorded mode because in all the times you've been on this show, this is the first time we're ever pre-recording, but that's out of necessity. But because of technology, now I've got this device where I can record it, phone interviews off of my cell phone, and that's what people are hearing now, the way we're doing this. So I'm lucky that I can still work you being a musician i mean you can still even though the the bulk of work for musicians is on the road you also do a lot of songwriting you also do a lot of stuff in the studio so i imagine that's where a lot of your focus has gone to since this has all happened
1: absolutely just like any other musician uh professional or not their home um working on music writing music i'm also you know, it's all I do all day, you know, and, and, um, but I'm also working on this documentary for this, uh, for my last album, it's called live invasion. And it's just, you know, goes all around the world and, and, um, of us playing everywhere, you know, like all the documentaries we see, but now I try to keep it as real as possible. And with this, uh, you know, virus going on, we're talking a lot about that in the uh, documentary because it's really what's happening and um, so we're just working on that and um,
0: So wait, wait, so to, let me let me stop you there for a second because that's interesting I didn't know you were doing this. So you, you did, what did you start this out as sort of like an on the road documentary from the last tour with the creatures? Absolutely and
1: I because I love documentaries just like you yeah. and this is a really cool documentary of how You know, we're going out on the road and we're doing our thing and we start in in Michigan and we interview my sister and go back to the, you know, early days of where I grew up and all this stuff. It's a really neat documentary um, that this guy Mike Savage is putting together. And now with this virus, you know, it's just like tour canceled. You know, this is what's going on. So we're just taking it day by day. And really going to produce a really cool documentary out of these horrible times. And I'm trying to make lemonade out of lemons. So you're
0: still in production on it. So you're not done with it. So this what's happening right now is a part of the story. We'll end up being a part of the story.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So were you were you
0: I don't remember were you out when everything got halted? I mean, I know most recently you were out with the creatures playing with Queensryche. But was that, did you lose shows from that? I don't remember, from the virus.
1: We did not lose shows, but we did. I did have to cancel Australia, or not cancel, postpone. I did have to postpone Australia. And um, so that we had to move. But right when the Queensryche last show hit, everybody was like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And when I was flying home, You know, J-5 always likes his uh, Purell and stuff when he flies. And (laughs) and, um, I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I knew this virus was going on. It was just the very beginning. Like, hey, it's hitting the states and blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't find any. And I remember giving someone $20 for one of those little uh, things that someone just had. And I said, I'll buy that off of you because, you know, I want to be relaxed you know, on this flight from Florida to, um, Los Angeles and it was worth it. You know, it's, it's, I just, so I started kind of cleaning and protecting myself very, very early on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really,
0: it's really, um, it's really crazy. Now how, before we, before I forget, I think we, you checked in with me uh, during the tour with Queens, right? But how did that whole run go for you?
1: It was great. We, um, Played, <laughs> this was what was so funny about the tour because, you know, I love Queens Reich and I've been a fan of theirs. I saw them, I think they opened up on the Animalized tour, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I loved, you know, Queens Rikes. I had all the records and knew all the songs. And, but the crowd was different from the creatures crowd, you know? So these. <laughs> I would come out, you know, and I'm all crazy and there's no singer and I'm like drooling and just like, you know, people did not know what was going on. They were like, what is going on? You know, and all the imagery with the, you know, the tits and the monsters and the blood and everything. People had no idea, but Eddie, I swear to God at the end of the show, everybody was on their feet, like giving me a standing ovation. And, That is something that I, you know, nothing can compare to that. Just winning over that crowd like that. It's just, it just made me feel so good and it was so rewarding. I would have walked to every one of those shows carrying my amp for that kind of response. And I, and I, thank everybody for
0: that. Well, I got to tell you, that I think was a really good tour for you because the stuff you've done with the creatures up to this point, has been mostly headline stuff, which is great, but it's it, you get new fans by getting in front of people that wouldn't normally come to see you, and I'd say that there's probably were a good amount in that audience there to see Queensryche who had never seen you before, and I know that from where I sit because here on this show, and everybody knows that we're friends and you've been on many times and all that, but I, I got to tell you, all of that aside, I got a tremendous amount of phone calls from listeners as that tour progressed through the country to this show saying, Hey, I finally saw your buddy John five live. Wow. Wow. And, and we're like, you know, blown away. So that, you know, although you, I'm sure any artist prefers doing their own headline dates when possible to actually go out and uh, play to somebody else's audience. Partially is a big plus in growing what you're doing.
1: I, 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 I totally agree. And again, I could not be more thankful and be more, I mean, I was just so happy after every show going, you know, cause they didn't know who I was, you know, they knew me. Oh yeah. He was in Marilyn Manson or Rob Zombie, but they had no idea what was going on. And the response was overwhelming. And it just, it sometimes brought tears to my eyes. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was so, and I, thank everyone for um, for coming out and uh, checking us out. It really meant the world to me.
0: So uh, for you, I mean, nobody, the problem right now is nobody knows how long we're going to be in this mode and how long this is going to go. What's the next scheduled thing for you in terms of that you're supposed to do? I mean, it just seems like everything's pushed back to the earliest now sometime in the summer I don't know what the plan was for with you with zombie. I'm assuming the records on hold because the, the record Rob's record is done for and it has been for a while. Right. Right.
1: Right. It is done. And, um, you know, I just talked to Rob yesterday and nobody knows. Obviously nobody knows, yeah. but uh, us just having a conversation, let's let, cause you do a ton of festivals. You do, a a ton of festivals you meet an enormous amount of people now if someone said hey okay in june we want you at this festival would you be a little hesitant if you will would you be a little on alert would you be a little you know worried what do you think
0: well that's first of all right now now at the time we're doing this interview i don't know if anything's changed but Right now, the next thing that's on my schedule that has yet to be canceled, again, at the time we're recording this, which is on the 28th of March, is a uh, festival I host every year in Oklahoma, Rocklahoma. You've played it. You're scheduled to play it, by the way. You're on it. You're scheduled to play one of the, you know, my friend's stage, as as a matter of fact. So that's not, as we stand now, canceled. And I spoke to uh my friend who has that stage that you are scheduled to play, and I said, "What are you hearing?" and he said uh he said they're gonna you know it's the back end of May, it's the last weekend of May. they're gonna you know buy another couple of weeks and see how this all goes." And my hope is that if it doesn't happen, then that it's at least rescheduled versus canceled outright, maybe even moved to Labor Day or something like that. I'm not sure. But you raise a bigger question, which I think is a really valid question. And and a number of people brought this up to me is like, okay, so when we kind of get the all clear to go back to normal, how many people are going to be too freaked out to even want to go back? to these events? How long will it take them to feel confident going back out to these events? And the other big consideration here, John, and I've been talking about this a lot on the air is all all these tours, everything's getting pushed to the back end of this year. Well, the other factor, which you touched on earlier, is the fact that so many people are losing income, are out of work, and coming up on really hard cash-strapped times they may have bought tickets to these festivals and stuff when they were, had their jobs. Now they don't have their jobs. They want their money back. How many people are going to be able to afford to support the amazing amount of shows that are going to hit towards the end of this year, presumably when this clears, there's a lot of questions here about just going forward, how this is all going to happen and work. I mean, I just, I'm an optimist in all of this. I really feel that once this clears, I think we're going to snap back to normal pretty quick. I think the jobs are going to come back pretty quick, and I think people are going to want to get out there and take in live entertainment. But it's hard to say, and I can't argue with anybody who has a different feeling than that, because we just don't know.
1: I personally think people are on their marks. They're like at the racetrack. They're at their front door waiting to get out. People really want to get out, and they want to get back to normalcy. They want to get back to their life. They want to go to concerts they want to see their friends they want to have a beer they want to buy a t-shirt they want to go see their favorite band i miss people you know i re- i really enjoy people <laughs> i'm one of those people that enjoy interactions with other you know uh people like fans uh strangers anything you know i really like to talk to people and um miss that interaction but i believe that people are going to be ready to get the hell out of the house and go have some fun
0: well what and what about you as now here's the thing that i think is is going to be interesting to watch too okay we all know and you do them and, and about 95% of touring artists at every level do the paid meet and greet the the vip experience package and all that and towards the back just when this thing started happening kiss and some other artists pulled the paid meet and greets we were half joking at the time saying look if kiss was leaving money on the table you know it's serious you know cuz they pulled the paid meet and greet but i wonder like I wonder in the bigger picture here, how does this change everything going forward? Like, will you see those go away or will they continue? Will people even still ever shake hands or is that as a greeting now extinct? I mean, have we seen the end? I mean, there's some people that didn't like to shake hands for that reason to begin with. But like, how does this all I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of bigger questions to all of this. I don't know if everybody just immediately reverts back to how it was or it's like, no, nah, I don't do that anymore. I-, I don't know.
1: Well, with me, I don't think anything's going to change. I, you know, a lot of people that come to my meet and greets they're, uh they, they come to you know, multiple meet and greets and I know them and it's wonderful to see them. And some of them have come to, you know, 56, 57 shows in a row. And um, I love seeing these people and I enjoy talking with them and and I give them gifts, you know, and I'm not going to change anything. I think that this is a horrible, horrible thing that's going on, but it will pass. And we will get back to uh, normal life. The only thing I really think that is going to change <laughs> is now we have these movies that are being sent right to our home. We can watch them on Amazon. We can watch them on our big TVs and enjoy them and, it, and pause them if we want, take a whiz, not worry about the person eating uh, you know uh, celery next to us in the movie theater. <laughs> I think that movie theaters are gonna be a thing of the past because they take up so much real estate and they're it's very expensive. but now with this virus, I believe you know and, and they're sending the movies right to your home and you know you pay for them of course. and the, everybody's I think movies are gonna do way better business now. And I really believe that the movie theaters will be something of the past. There will be some nostalgic ones, just like there is uh, record stores. But um, I, I think in my, you know, mind that it might be something that's going to go away sooner than later.
0: That's a that's a great point. And you know, I just I went to a movie just before all this happened, and I rarely go to the movies, but uh, I went to a movie. And it was this movie called the hunt. That's that actually was in the, is in theaters now or until the theaters closed. And I noticed what they did with that. And a movie also that was just in theaters called the invisible man is,
1: which I went to that movie too, in the theater
0: and both of them, they, as soon as the theaters closed, they immediately made available as a pay-per-view on your TV. So you're already seeing it happen.
1: Absolutely. That's my point. Like it's, Now, so easy to do that. It's in the comfort of your home. And a lot of people, you know, have a TV and they have it. If you have purchased a TV in the last, I don't know how many years, TVs automatically come with Amazon or Netflix or both. And I believe that's what's going to happen because everybody will pay for that. Oh my God, this new movie's out. The new Spider-Man, the new Batman oh, remember when we had to get dressed and we had to get out in the cold and we had to scrape the ice off the windshield to go to the movie and we have to, like, go through this, that, and the other thing? And maybe, you know, I think all that is going to change.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point, and and I agree with you. I think there's definitely going to be some changes, but I still think, for the most part, that communal experience of going to a rock show and being with your buddies and tailgating and getting in there and getting revved up and, you know, seeing your favorite band. I just don't, that's just an experience that can't be recreated. I don't care if you make the greatest live concert video ever. That's a, that's a totally different thing. And I I think that I think the live industry is going to bounce back, For sure, but I also think it's going to take a little time because I think that, unfortunately, we're kind of creating a bit of a perfect storm where you have everybody that was planning to go out, say, in the fall, planning to still go out, and everybody that was going to be out now or in early summer is now pushed their tours to that period. So you've got an already really congested touring world now doubled or tripled what it would be towards the back end of this year up against the backdrop of people coming off of really losing some money and their jobs. So I think it's going to take a little while for people to to recover and have their uh, cash flow start up again and have that available money. The big shows, look, if ACDC announces a tour... People are going to find a way to go because it's something people will will just be dying to go to. But I'm just talking some of the bands that are out a lot, some of the bands that have high price points that have toured a lot. The the People are going to have to be, I think, a little more selective about what they go to because they just – I think a lot of people aren't going to have the money for a little bit. I think it's going to come back because I really believe the economy will come back pretty strong Once this is once this is over, but um, I think it's going to take a little while. And I think that coupled with so many shows out there is going to be a bit tough for a while.
1: I I agree. Um, I, I really strongly believe the live concert experience will never die. People will always. Yeah. You know, go see music from, you know, people would Mozart would do concerts and, you know, it, it will never, ever, ever go away. I mean, I saw my first naked boob at a concert <laughs> like it's like people love going to shows, you know, and uh, it's, it's just uh, something that will this virus will never uh, take over. That's for sure
0: think we're all pretty optimistic. We'll come out the other side. Okay. Even though it's pretty rough sledding at the moment, but anybody that knows anything, and we've talked about this with John knows that one of our great bonds is our mutual love of kiss. But John has a kiss collection that if you follow his Instagram account, which is Knights in Satan service, which I highly recommend every day, he posts a new kiss collectible that he sources from fans and collections around the world so i know john a lot of that stuff you get from meeting fans and being on tour and being out and about with people you can't do that right now so how is this going to impact the kiss collection
1: now it has put a damper (laughs) and which is alarming um (laughs) because you wouldn't think it would you know and i uh (laughs) it's so funny to talk about because the mail has slowed down. Now I buy a lot of things overseas, um, Japan. I buy a lot of, uh, Japanese kiss albums, Japanese kiss memorabilia from Europe, Japan, Australia, and so on. So a lot of that has slowed down. Um, people are not selling, people are not mailing things. Um, so it is, uh, really alarming. I just the other day bought this super, super rare album from uh, Argentina and the guy was like, we, I can't send it until, you know, a month or something like that. And I was like, Oh my God, you know? So it's been, it's been very trying. Every single thing that you do in your life has been affected and it's so strange to talk about because i do the kiss thing for comfort it's i work hard and it's just a comfort thing you could like collect stamps or uh football memorabilia anything like that just like we we love it it's, it's just a little comforting thing and i like to meet people and talk to people so yeah it has affected everything except for maybe streaming streaming's up or uh, anything like that, but everything else has been affected.
0: What's the most recent addition to the Kiss collection? I know from following um, you, I lo- I follow the account, I've seen some pretty cool things posted, but I don't know what's the latest thing to come in. Now,
1: it's Monday, there's supposed to be 12, now I'm getting the first release of uh, like, you know, Kiss, Hard in Hell, Dressed to Kill, everything's up until creatures. Okay. And I'm trying to get the first release from every country, Canada, (laughs) France, Australia, Brazil, Japan, everything, you know? Um, And so I think 12 albums are coming in on Monday. So we'll see how that, how that uh, turns out. So I'm still buying, I'm still (laughs) buying like a crazy man.
0: Do you have to quarantine the stuff when it comes in? Do you have to put it in? Do you have to leave it sitting for like three days before you open the packaging? Are you you putting some sort of disinfectant on everything since it's coming in from around the world?
1: Eddie, of course I do. Now, I am (laughs) listening. I follow the rules. I am that person. I do follow the rules. I put gloves on. I open it with gloves, and then I'll take everything out, and I'll let it sit and um, yes, I, I definitely follow the rules because this is something that is not to be messed with. You no. know, this is a very serious, serious problem, and I believe if everybody you know, just kind of followed the rules and stayed in, we could get over this so much faster. If we were like, yeah, it's okay. Even if you don't think it's going to affect you, just stay in. Because you might not even know you have symptoms. Just stay in anyways. You know, what's what's a big deal? You know, stay in, enjoy your home. And uh, I think if we all follow the rules, we will get over this hump a lot quicker than if we
0: don't well yeah and because it's not about it's not just about you it's about others around you and that's the biggest thing that people have to remember it's not just your own health Uh, you may be okay you might feel okay and not know it it's about others it's about your family it's about your friends it's about your mom your dad so that's that's the part of it that i think escapes a lot of people like "Ah, i i feel fine and the other thing about all this too because of course we all know people all over the country and in certain areas you're in la i'm just outside of new york city so we're in big big markets with a lot of people and we are in what would absolutely be determined as hot spots but i talk to other people who live in the middle of the country well it's not that bad here it's not that big of a deal well it can become a big of a uh, that big of a deal if people don't do the right things look what's happening unfortunately in in new orleans uh, you the, the people there just were in denial about this whole thing going to Mardi Gras uh, out there in the streets and now that that area is getting destroyed unfortunately so y- it can happen anywhere and and it's not just about you it's about the people around you
1: it they don't this virus does not care if you're the prime minister the president or a Uh, you know, fan or just a guy sitting in his apartment. It doesn't matter who you are. It will attack anybody. And yes, it, it is going to hit all of these States really bad unless we, you know, follow the rules correctly and do what we're supposed to do. So uh, it's, it's crazy. I I've stopped watching the news because it is just like mind boggling what is happening i mean it's just like it is like a movie i know everybody has said that a million times but it really is like a movie and it is my my son is lapd He's i was a just going to ask officer. you
0: about that i had that i just scribbled that down it's funny you bring that up i just scribbled that down literally on my notes because i wanted to make sure i brought it up to you because your son recently became a police officer in la right
1: Yes, that is correct. And, uh, I'm very proud of him. And this kid, he works so hard. He works seven to seven and he's just trying to help everybody. He can, he's just trying to do the right thing and having, you know, people just, he said, it's very quiet. So that's good. You know, people aren't going crazy. They're not, uh, doing anything nuts right now. And Mm. he says it's Quiet And people are just, you know, just living their lives and trying to get through this.
0: Yeah, I I think I think that's absolutely uh, the case. And it's good to hear that it's quiet. And I'm sure now I don't know. I don't think your son would ever admit to this or any police officer would, but I'm sure that at this time, (laughs) the only good thing is if you're going a little above the speed limit, they're probably going to let you slide (laughs) because they don't want, they don't want you to be rolling down your window and having to be exchanging documents in this virus right now for somebody went 15 miles over. Ah, We'll let that go. I would think that's understandable if the cops around the country listening, want to do that might be a good time. If you got a heavy foot to take the car out for a ride. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah it's um you know he is of course he's protected and everything but he is more and this is it's incredible like he's more concerned about helping these people and he's not he's worried and he's concerned but he really just wants to help people and that's why he started to become a uh an officer
0: yeah, that's amazing. So listen man, um before I let you go, just give everybody the the overview. So for you, I mean, I know the world's in a holding pattern, you are as well, but assuming we start to ramp up again, say early summer, midsummer, what are the next moves for you? Creature stuff as Rob told you when he wants to put this record out? Uh, what 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 are you what do you got on your table once things start up again?
1: Once everything starts out starts up again, I am going to tour my ass off. I will play anywhere, anytime. I am going to just get out there and play for the people. I'm going to have a cheap ticket. I'm not going to, you know, do any kind of any big dollar ticket. I'm going to make sure whatever shows I uh, book, they're going to be a cheap ass ticket. And I just want everyone to come out, have a good time. And uh, get over this crazy, crazy time. It's, it's, it's just insane. But that's what I'm going to do. That's my plan. I don't know when the Zombie record's going to come out. But I know it's going to come out soon. And it's awesome. And we're going to tour as well. We're going to play and with Zombie. And I know he wants to get out there. And um, But he's also very con- concerned. But I'm going to get out there and play as much as I can.
0: Is uh, where have you been in touch with David Lee Roth at all? I know he's been out doing stuff again. I know you got a record that's been done forever with him. Have you guys had any dialogue about doing anything with that?
1: I have not spoke to to Dave. I should reach out to him see how he's doing. But um, you know, I've been talking with Ace and Peter and Rob and Nikki. You know, I talk to Nikki like you know eight times a day, and and um, so everybody's pretty much just. <laughs> in this whole yeah no, pattern. I just
0: exchanged texts with Nikki. Sent me a voice text back, and we just I just heard from him for a, actually minutes ago, and uh, an offer for him to come on, of course, if he wanted to. But he, you know, uh, yeah, everybody's in sort of the same mode. And and speaking of Ace, Ace lives by me now in New Jersey. We've been in touch right. a little bit, and I know he's doing Origins 2, And you were on a lot of Origins one. You were on a couple songs on the first one. Are you doing anything with them on this one?
1: I am. Uh, maybe I, I should talk about it, but yeah, I'm on uh, volume two, and this, <laughs> this record is so awesome. It sounds awesome. Dude, Ace is on fire. Yeah, he's in a good place Ace, right now. Oh my God, and he sent me the artwork for the album. Dude, it's unbelievable. This record is is going to rule. I just cannot wait for him to drop this record. He sounds great. He's playing great, and uh, he's totally on fire right now.
0: Yeah, he's he's like uh, he lives about twenty minutes from me, and we've exchanged some texts. and I would you know I'd love to see him, but that's the crazy thing. It's just like even people that are nearby, you can't really do much than text or call or I, I dropped something off at my parents' house last week, and I like. <laughs> I put it on their porch, and then I ran about eight feet away and beeped the horn and waved to them when they came out and got him. It's just so bizarre. Uh, But (laughs) thankfully, we've got the you know technology today where we can do things like this and you got FaceTime and you got Skype and you got Zoom and you've got all this stuff where you still can do a lot of things and still have some connection with people and stay in touch a little easier than than back in the day so that that's a plus but it is good to hear everybody is kind of doing the smart thing and that's all we can really do right now and 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 hope that Sooner than later, I'm back at the rainbow on the patio with you at my side, there, buddy, and a great audience out out there in the crowd. I mean, man, I can't wait for the first rainbow show back because I think we're gonna oh have a big God. party. I'm
1: gonna be there. I if I'm home, I will be there. Even if you don't want me to be there, I'm gonna be there, and it's gonna be coming sooner than later. You know, they're gonna they're gonna figure this out. They're gonna come up with a uh, you know antidote and and. Uh, Everything's gonna go back to normal very soon. I just am trying to keep very positive vibes. The vaccine will come soon and just keeping positive vibes.
0: Well, buddy, I appreciate you taking some time and uh you know it's always great to talk to you and I wish nothing but the best to you and your family. You know, stay healthy there, stay safe there, and uh, you know, hopefully we will get on to getting on to what we do very, very soon. But I appreciate you checking in and uh giving us some thoughts
1: absolutely thank you so much and thank you for doing what you do
0: all right bud we'll talk to you soon thanks john thank you well my thanks to john five always great to visit with him up next we've got joey belladonna on the eddie trunk podcast this is the eddie trunk podcast Eddie Trunk here, and it's time now to visit with Joey Belladonna in our second interview of this Double Dip on the Eddie Trunk podcast. Joey is uh, great to talk to. You know, I was thinking about this. Joey is a a phenomenal singer and frontman still after all these decades, and I I just don't think he gets the accolades for that that he deserves, especially if you've seen Anthrax lately. He's still so good, and also being the frontman in Anthrax, he's just not a guy that you hear from all that often in interviews and such. So as much as I've known him forever, I've really only interviewed him a handful of times. And as he says in this interview, oddly enough, this might be the only time we ever did this one-on-one, which I can't believe, but I I assume possible. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it was a great chat about his journey tribute and some anthrax stuff as well. Here you go. Joey Belladonna of anthrax, Joey B. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. How do
2: you? a pleasure to speak to you and and i want to know how you're doing
0: i'm hanging in there you know it's a crazy world we're in right now you know but i got to tell you and you can probably relate to this being a touring musician that's around the world so much as much as this sucks the reason for it uh i travel quite a bit not nearly as much as you do but i travel quite a bit in recent years I'm lucky that I still can work being home and I'm actually enjoying the time home and with the family and the kids and being around a little bit. So it's not been horrible for me. I I'm actually catching up on a lot of things. How about for you though? I mean, you're used to always being on, on the go.
2: Yeah. I was talking to my wife today about it and I thought, you know, it kind of crossed my mind as if like everybody's shut down. So I don't feel like what I'm doing I have to rush to do anything or there's no there's nothing really planned. It's just you gotta just sit back and you just say, you know what? it's interesting I'm shut down now I just can relax I guess so it's kind of cool too just as well I mean i I haven't really sat around and relaxed for quite some time, you know.
0: Well, you're you're upstate New York, so you're out of the the heart of it. Obviously, New York City's getting hit pretty hard now with people getting this virus. But you're you've always been more a, a guy up in the woods, so to speak. So is it is it a different vibe there because there's a lot less people around that you've got some distance normally anyway. Yeah, you,
2: you still feel the same. I mean, some of the grocery stores. At times, it was pretty pretty hectic for people to be able to get in there and get something and find anything that's actually on the shelf you know so we kind of fought fought our way around all that but it is much quieter here than new york obviously by all means
0: joey where when was the last time you did a gig what was the last time before all this uh hit and everybody started going into quarantine what was the last time you played
2: well i did i have this journey project that i'm doing called journey beyond and i I did a show on March 6th, and it was right, I'm thinking, I can't count how many days before that, that it was in the air. So while we were traveling, going to that show, it was already known that that it was in, in motion. You know, it was almost like I didn't even think the show might even actually be on. It got to that point where, like, every day, like, are they going to call it or not? So, I mean, people came out, it was just right on the beginnings of it, it almost seemed, you know? But it was weird traveling because we came in from LaGuardia. You know, you got a layover, and so we're already in New York. So you know, we were cutting through New York while it was all in motion. You know,
0: you was that show? We're going to talk about your Journey band in a second, but that was that show that you did. Was that the Beacon Theater in New York City? No, that was the Beacon in
2: no, uh was a uh, Nor uh, Hopeville Hopeville. Excuse me, why am I say North? Hope Will, it was Hope Will. Well, well, that's a Hope Well. It's, I've never been there before, so I'm unfamiliar with the, the actual area, but it's in Virginia, and uh, that was the first show that we ever did.
0: Oh, wow, so you did one, and then this all hit, and then that sort of got put the brakes, got put on that, huh?
2: Yeah, I put the brakes on everything. I mean, anything, I mean, I was doing my cover thing, too, you know, the next week, and then uh, that was the last show I did. In fact, now that I think about it, it was the 14th. I did one, we snuck one in somehow before they told us the, you know, one from 500 people to 50 and it wasn't 50 when we played on the 14th of March. So at that point, the week after that, it was like, forget it. Let's let's close these bars up.
0: Before we talk about, yeah, before we talk about this band, which is called Journey Beyond, I wanted to ask you, and I've been asking all the musicians that I talked to at this time about this, because We're in such a weird time. Nobody's ever experienced anything like this. I'm wondering, obviously, this at some point is going to pass and people will get back to normal and get back to touring and being out there some. But how do you think, I mean, you're a guy with anthrax that literally goes all over the world and plays how do you think this is going to be an impact long-term? Do you think that it's going to change the way people tour? Do you think it might change the way people do meet and greets and stuff like that? A guy like you, you're a friendly guy. You're always out there meeting fans, saying hello. Do you think people will pull back from doing that? I mean, what do you think the long-term issue is going to be?
2: Yeah, I wonder because there's a lot of people that are like, I'm ready to go now. Let's go out and let's do it. So I'm sure maybe those people right now might not even be thinking of you know, pulling back and then there's people that are undecisive and what's what's really evolving here and, and what's the what's the real answer, should you or shouldn't you? I guess it's the handshake and the washing of the hands is one thing I think everybody might kinda of stick to that point. But yeah, making making a real good contact with people sometimes might be might be a little hesitant at first, you know. I don't I don't know if everybody's gonna wanna just start to rush and start to hug each other and, you know, do all that kind of stuff, you know. That's probably my guess. Um, touring, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other thing. You know, you know, when you enter another place, you got to know if it's okay to go in and how safe is it and all that stuff. I mean, who's all you can do is wait for someone to give you the okay, and then then you have to take that out. And how many people are going to want to get out of their house so quick? Are they going to rush right out, or are they not going to rush right out? They're going to take their time, you know, making making a move. You know, it's really hard to tell.
0: And then, you know, the other question, too, I wonder is, like, how many people, a lot of people are hurting for money because they've lost their jobs or their income because of this. So when it might take a while before people even have the money to be able to go out to shows because they're recovering financially. I mean, that's another part of it.
2: Just talking about that today, I was just uh, bringing that up. It's, are people, yeah, you'll never know how many, how many people are in a situation where it's going to take a little time to build, build back into that whole, I feel good about doing what I normally do, you know? Yeah. It's really, really, it's a shame, you know? And I really, really wish for everyone to have a better turnout at the end of all this and feel feel good, you know, Yeah. some way.
0: Well, hopefully there's a, you know, hopefully we'll get through it sooner than later. But, you know, hey, let's talk about some music here. So I read recently, I know you've always done a cover band on the side when Anthrax has downtime. And, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. All the guys in Anthrax have some stuff they do on the side. I mean, Frankie's got the band with Ellefson. Scott's got a couple different things. So everybody's always doing – it's the norm now for most musicians to have at least one other uh, side band. But all the decades I've known you, you you always have loved Journey. So this made a lot of sense to me when you announced you were doing a Journey tribute called Journey Beyond. Talk about how this came together.
2: Well, you know – I. I thought about it for some time and you know, there was times I just didn't really want to do a tribute thing. I just didn't really, you know, I see, I see them more than ever now, you know, and it's weird that I'm actually found a, finally found a place and time to do it with the, you know, the people that are willing to take on a project and, you know, let it, let it unfold, you know, for the right reasons. And, uh, I just like the music. It's uh, it's very appealing to me. It's been, and something i've always loved i mean god i could have done a bad company a foreigner a deal one too there's a lot of a lot of ones a lot of bands i would like to try but you know I, I didn't know if i even wanted to really take it on but it really took took a while to find anybody to really even take it take it in the right the right way and without it being really a full-on like you know i gotta wear the sh- same shirt and the shoes and you know god i mean somebody might have said why is he wearing why is he using that stand?" Steve didn't use that, and I was like, I don't really care about all that. So right. I just want to, I want to, I just want the bad to sound good, and, you know, just just make the make the songs take take on the night. Versus, you know, I obviously you want to put on a decent show like any other time, but
0: right, but I you're not trying to you're out. not trying to recreate the visual and look like Steve Perry. I mean, you're not going to that level. You just want to deliver the music as faithfully as you can.
2: Yeah, like right, right, right Saying that already faithfully as he can faithfully no it's just it's fun i mean obviously when you do you know there's always open ground for you know you didn't do that part or you didn't do this i mean i didn't even want to copy it like note for note sometimes i'd like to do my own thing with it you know you know represent it do what you can but i i love to mess around with things you know not not a, not so much to, to to try to be too different but just make it, make it cool, you know, and, and feel good about doing it your way versus having to get every note. I'm sure some guys, have, they study it every second of it. I mean, I know it all, but I'm not, I just, I, even with anthrax, I don't, I do songs different a lot of times. I just take it on wherever it comes, you know, it's just fun that way. It's, you know, it's innovative. I can, you know, we've been original for a long time. So to do things, you know, off the cuff is, is fun for me versus, Trying to follow everything, even when I have the cover thing. I mean, we do everything pretty close, but it's way, way different in its own way. I mean, I'm not doing all fills the way. I mean, it's just have some fun with it, you know. I mean, I can study it all day, but I just don't. I don't feel like doing that. You know, I want to have a little fun doing my own thing with it.
0: Right, and we should know? mention uh, your your cover. What's the cover band you've been doing for a long time? What's it called again? It's called Chief
2: Chief Way Chief Big Way. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, three-piece, you know, I play drums, I sing, and, you know, it's a lot of fun, I get to play drums. You've right. been up, actually, I think you came up to one show. A few show years ago, yeah. Book, yeah, you know, yeah, book signing. So, you know, it's, it, it's what it is, you know, we we have a lot of fun doing it, we look forward to it, it's a no-frills thing, you know, it's not
0: a lot of production, it's just, uh, we have fun, you know? Well, you, I bring that up because you do, in that band, you play drums and sing, so I was wondering, did you ever... Did you think for a second about pulling a Dean Castronovo and playing drums and singing in the Journey Band, too?
2: Hey, if they they confronted me, I sure would have have taken it on. I would have, because I think I probably could do, I mean, Dean's excellent. Don't get me wrong. He's amazing. He plays great, sings great, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But that, that would have been interesting. I wouldn't have said no to it. That's for sure. I would have, I would have. Taking that out and see if uh, we could actually pull it off. I'm sure that they didn't prefer having a drummer singing at any given time right. they would have a front guy you know too and and that's what's cool about doing the journey thing I can go out front and do it versus having the drum and play journey you know
0: yeah yeah for sure it's real I'll tell you what I watched some of the stuff that was online of that last show you did at the Beacon theater in in earlier in in March and uh I mean look i I've always I've known you forever and I always know that you've got that side to you and you can sing that stuff so incredibly well and when the band was announced that you were doing this um on my show i played the the cover a few years ago there was an anthrax ep called anthems and there's a cover of journey keep on running which you sing on that amazingly so i was like for people that have not heard journey uh, joey sing journey listen to this i mean it's 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 amazing you've always had that side to you would you say joey that steve perry is he your is he your all-time favorite singer you know he's one of many. God,
2: I I could, well, I could bore you with about fifty of them right now. But I mean, I like Steve Wallace, I like Lou Graham. I like you know Lou. Uh, I mean Paul Rogers, Ian Gillen, uh Coverdale. I mean, there's so many Glenn Hughes. There's all kinds of good good singers out there that I've always loved. You know, I mean, I'm missing many people. Geddy Lee, right. and, yeah, of
0: course. You know,
2: oh man, I just uh, you know me and you. To go down the list, and I'd say yes to a lot of them. You know, and we have, <laughs> yeah, you know, like melodic, melodic stuff's always been cool to me, and I always, even with Apex, I try, even when I'm approaching a record, i have always got some wheels spinning to do something a little bit more melodic to it. You know, with some just trying to work around what like what we lay out to, to originally to put on the songs, and then all of a sudden I start kind of sifting through, you know, and when we did those covers, God, I mean, that's we I just wing it. I mean, I never even did "Keep on Running." I've never, ever, even knew the words to that song. And half the journey stuff that I did until I started picking up this band. I mean, I knew I knew a lot of the words, but I mean, now that I had to like get it all down and figure it all out. I mean, a lot of these songs I've never even tried before. I've heard of them a million times, but I never really sang them in a band.
0: So, what are your plans for this? Again, for everybody listening, the band is Journey Beyond. I mean, I know everything has come to a screeching halt because of this pandemic and everything everyone's dealing with. But when things get back to normal, is your plan to just do shows with this band when your schedule permits around anthrax?
2: Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll do, do whatever it needs to do. Um, I mean, it's, it's plenty, plenty open for anything at this point. Um, we have something coming up in August. If we can get it in. We got another venue we'll do. So that's the only other show I have looked at the moment.
0: You know, there, there, I have friends that do tribute bands and I, I travel all over and you go to some of these venues like a House of Blues or something. And it's amazing because you'll look at the upcoming bands and like every other one will be a tribute band. As much as I'm sure you're doing this for fun and your love of this music, you know that if you do this really well and word gets out about it. It, it can actually make a lot of money, too. Like, I see tribute bands getting great gigs and playing great venues right out of the box if the word of mouth is really good on them. So that's, you know, that doesn't hurt either for some extra cash, I would think.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not opposed to doing whatever it is, you know, you do the venues we do. Like, we did a theater, we'll do another theater. You do casinos, you can even open up for somebody. I mean, look at Jason Bonham. I mean, I could be, in front of stick scenario and do the same yeah. thing, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to me. I, I don't, I'm not opposed to doing anything or a corporate thing or whatever it is, or even a, a, a small, small venues, if it calls if for us to be able to do it. You know, I'm, I'm open for a lot of things. I don't, you know, once you get it underway, I mean, one show, geez, it was so, so early for us to even, I mean, we didn't even really get a chance to get together and play that often. You know, I mean, I, these guys all live in Nashville. I don't, I, I didn't really have a chance to even work with them. So it's only going to get better. So there's way, oh, much more room for it to, to grow, you know?
0: Well, talk about that with the band, because I don't, I, you mentioned the band is from Nashville. You're in upstate New York. Whose idea was it to do this? Did they approach you or did you put the band together? How do you know these guys? And how do we know them? Would they have, Were they in anything else? Or are they just session guys? Who are the other guys you're working with and how did it come together?
2: Well, I, I initially put the thing in motion. I called it this keyboard player Doug Carter, which is in the band. He is um, a guy I met on one of the ships. Me and him put a journey. We did a journey a piano acoustic night, which was right at the time when everybody got back on the boat. Places, you know, the whole down in the main lobby it was just him and me. And then all of a sudden, I asked. This other fellow came in and wanted to play keyboard, to Tyson, which lives in Nashville, too. And he was doing some karaoke venue that night. He joined us. So we did two keyboards and me singing. And the fellow Doug, the keyboard player that I have now, I called him and I said, would you be interested in, in putting a band together in Nashville? In which his band is Lee Greenwood's band. Which Lee Greenwood, you know Lee Greenwood is, mm-hmm. don't you? Yes. Yeah, so they've been playing. These guys have been playing together for 10, 12 years now or even longer together. So they know each other. They've, they've uh, played together. They do things together, and and they have other things, sessions that they do and stuff, and I don't really know exactly everything. I haven't even had a chance to even talking about a lot of projects that they may or may not have played on and stuff, so. And he got that far, yeah. But they do live in Nashville, and they do they do tour with Lee whenever he needs the band to be touring. And, and Doug is actually one of his band leaders, uh, you know, musical director, if you may want to call it. So it's that type of thing. So it was, you know, it was my idea to ask him. I and mean, he he assembled this band there in Nashville, and, and there we went, you know. And there we wait to play again, you know. That's pretty cool. I'm excited. I,
0: I I had a great night doing it for the first time, and I can't wait to do it again. You know. Well, let me ask you this: going back to Journey, the band itself. When was the first? You, I'm assuming you saw Journey with Steve Perry back in the day. Yeah, I, I, I saw. I don't. You know, I don't even know how many times I actually
2: saw. Him. i like, you know, a couple of three or four times in, on on Frontiers, the Someone Raised in Radio and stuff. Um, I never saw him during the infinity days, even, even evolution, the parts. I don't think, I don't think, yeah, it wasn't until like frontiers and raised on radio. So I don't know, maybe a dozen times saw him on a solo tour. Actually, he even came to one of our shows on Antex, believe it or not. We, it was us and Priest and Zombie came in and took the middle slot in the show in L.A and steve came to the show and i got to meet him there so it was, it was cool to see him at the show It was kind
0: of like nah he ain't here is he really <laughs> and he sure was so you know that was funny and yeah. so, so and let me ask you this what do you think are you, are you how do you, as a guy doing a, a journey tribute now yourself and such a fan of journey and steve perry what do you think about the band now what are your thoughts about arnell who's been singing for a while
2: uh, you know, I'm a I'm a little picky I'm a picky guy about the whole thing. I mean, he does a fine job. He's you know, it's it, it's a bit different. Uh, you know, sometimes even the, the the story behind it was just so overwhelming that, you know, seemed like uh likely thing that they would have might have taken, you know, I don't know. It's uh I'm mean, I like Steve and I Steve's done so much with that band. I'm I'm just a bit picky, you know, even when Dean does it or or Arnell and you know Jerry I spent some time with him. I saw those guys and hung with those guys many, many shows over the years while he was, you know, outstanding time how long was he in the band? What, four or five years?
0: Steve Augier he was there for yeah, good I did a studio record yeah. or two as well. He was there for a while. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean Arrival's a pretty good record, yeah, it's
0: good good stuff. I mean I no
2: one yet has recorded anything journey wise to me that really lives up to any kind of for my for me, just, just in my taste. And my like liking of the music's been amazing. But Bokley, not that it was bad or anything, just like like no one did the stuff that Steve did to make those records sound like that, came up with those cool ideas and stuff. So it's really, really hard to find that record, you know. Rival might be the only one that I uh, like most of all out of anything new, you know. But I hate to put a note on any any particular one, but Hey, everybody had some good moments with them, yeah. they're still rolling. They're almost as big as ever, you know? Yeah, I
0: know. It's truly amazing. It really is. And, and let me, and let me ask you this, how tough is last thing on the journey thing? How tough is it to sing? Is it a challenge for you to sing it? When you go out there to do these shows and do a set of music of, of classic journey, does it push you? Is it a challenge? Is it right in your comfort zone? How how challenging it is is it to sing those songs? Well I I feel comfortable doing it. It's not so much that I that I don't
2: feel comfortable. I think right now it's just after I get more shows under my belt, um everything will just become a lot more easier. I think right now just that first show out front, I really didn't kind of have anything set, not that I ever plan anything I've ever, even when after that time I don't even know what I'm doing, I just go out and think. I roll and I and it just happens, you know, and that's cool for me because I don't have a, any script other than, you know, songs in order and stuff, and I have a rap or two that might be similar one night or two or whatever, but the journey thing really does put you, you know, we do it at the right key and try to keep everything the same, I, I just have a hard time trying to to do everything perfect you know I think that, that sometimes becomes harder I mean I could I, eventually I might even take it even up more closer than not I mean I, I do it as close as I can without really just sweating over it you know I, uh, and I don't try to. it's not so much I want to dodge it I just you know you just can't do everything I mean I, I haven't heard anybody do anything really perfect all the time either there's always a bit of a spin on it whether they're tired or, or they just couldn't do it that night or whatever the hell it may be. But, yeah, I mean, it's, there's nothing easy about it. Uh, but at the same time, I feel comfortable doing it, and I will feel much more comfortable as I know what I'm doing with each song with the band that I'm playing with, you know? Mm it changes where whoever you're playing with, things change when they do it in cheap big way. I mean, it feels a hell of a lot of different because we don't have the, we don't have a lot of backings going on and I'm just doing it myself and playing drums. And You know, it's a one guitar and there's no keyboards and things change there too. So, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't do it if I felt uncomfortable doing it, but I have my own twist on it. I, you know, I have my own style with it and that's the kind of way I, I approach it. I, I, I mean, I know there's other guys doing it, like trying to do it perfect. But is it really flowing, or is it just like, like, just? I don't know. I, I don't. I'm trying to find the word. Is it too? You know, is there anything there other than you just copying it? You know, I don't know.
0: Right, right. I guess.
2: I guess. I don't know. I really don't. I haven't really thought about it anymore than. Just have some fun with it and do what you can with it, you
0: know? Well, that's what it should be. I mean, and that's what these bands are about, and, and I think you're going to do real well with it, and I'm excited to to catch a show one of these days coming up. Hey, last thing before Thank I you. let you go, let me ask you this. So the other day I recorded uh, for Chris Jericho his podcast, and he had me and Charlie and Scott from Anthrax on, and he did this debate with the three of us, and he said spreading the disease versus Among the Living, and he went track to track uh, through every record and to decide between the three of us which record was better or who liked which record more. Between Spreading and Among, what's your favorite record?
2: Wow, you know, a lot of times I I always tend to go to, to Spreading only because it was like the first time ever singing with them, first time meeting them first time singing that music and watch and listening back to a record that I never did before and go, wow, that's what I sound like. And that's me. And that's what I do. So like that, that always takes, takes me into the first, first vote because it was just all those things were overwhelming, you know, and to walk away and be able to hear that in this entirety. But among living was completely different, you know, because they almost don't even kind of coincide with one another. Um, you know, Long living did take off way more than spreading bigger record by far. So I mean, there there's a lot of great moments on there. So other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have any favorites, but you know, again, spreading, there's some really cool moments there that were just kind of off the cuff, you know, for the first time, really, I walked in and I started singing like the minute I met these guys, you know, So I, didn't, I wasn't, It wasn't, like, prepping for it, nor do I really prep for many records. I mean, that's what's cool about it, but... I don't know. I, when you, know, Joey, funny. when you,
0: when you came in, when you came into Anthrax, okay. So we're talking about your love of Journey, Foreigner, all this melodic stuff, and then you come into a band like Anthrax, who had already done one record before you, and you hear music that intense, that fast, that heavy, and you sing the way you do over the top of that. To me, that's what made me love that genre of metal so much because i've always been such a fan of great singers and i was for the first time i heard somebody who was a great singer on top of thrash speed metal but for you coming into it at that time it had to be like how the hell do i sing over this i mean do you remember like oh yeah how you processed me, I, it I, I, <laughs> oh yeah you, well man i mean look at it before i even
2: sang i remember going to their house going to the apartment where they were staying that night and have to listen to Fistful of Metal and go, okay. You know, you know, I had to absorb that at first. And I wasn't really too, I, could, I didn't really register it at first. I mean, I got it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know where I fit in with this <laughs> and what I'm going to do with this. I mean, how am I going to, I don't want to be that. But I liked the music school, but I didn't want to sing that way. You know, and I don't sing that way, you know, that I know of. So just to go in and, and be able to do what I was doing off the cuff, and it was like blowing me out that I was listening back and and listening and going, well, okay, this is pretty cool, you know. But I, I don't know, I don't really have any certain style that I knew of before I came in. I mean, I was just doing whatever I thought was cool over it with my own intentions, you know. I didn't really have any preconceived notions you know and you can't once you start singing you're on your own really I think people think that that I was trying to do it this way or nothing I mean every every time I do a record I just try to do whatever I can do physically and then have the emotions that that I'm uh, that I'm able to do as a singer you can't you can't really just tell someone a lot of times these guys would try, yeah do it this way and try this and I'm like you know sometimes there's just no you you have your certain style and your voice and it's going to come out that way, you know. And I just happened to get it my own way, and it seemed to work. Somehow the system turned into what it was, you know, without really trying to make it be that way. Because they didn't really expect me to sing what I was going to sing like when I got there, I don't think. I
0: don't did know, think did anyone? Did me. anyone at that time? Because I mean, they knew they knew what your voice sounded like. Obviously, that's why they brought you in. But did no? Any- they didn't. They didn't. That's the thing. I don't think.
2: So. I don't think they heard anything at all that I know of i I didn't really have anything to give them to hear I mean I was I didn't uh, you know what I mean so I just think they're really, like what what's going on here I mean, really you know because I just acapella something and I think that was the journey so I didn't really know what else to do at the time and I did it was just kind of like go in there and warm up we'll get the mic you know sing some stuff do something you know you know we'll get you get your headphone mix and this them and, and that's it
0: and all of a sudden there i'm singing this and i don't think they really expected that did but did my my question is did at that time did anybody try to push you into sounding different because you no not first it wasn't, at first. I don't, it wasn't no, like what first. was in line with thrash no not at all i mean because i wouldn't be able to help them in that genre
2: and i i again i didn't i wouldn't even know what they were really trying to push, but at first that was the, that's the other cool thing about spreading disease. I really there wasn't a lot of time to really try to like like push me into a corner like you know when Among the living kind of kicked in, that's when things started. I mean everybody was coming from all corners half time I don't even know what I was doing, you know like I mean I knew what I was trying to do, but then yeah, everybody had an opinion it was it was just killing me at times, you know. Right. And that's why I like the newer records. I mean, no one's there, and I always say it over and over, but it's the coolest thing where me and Jay just kind of lock in, and I can come up with 50 ideas all along the the process, and I come up with the harmonies within the minute I sing the first verse and start to hear what I could do with it, you know, without anybody going, well, no, 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 what are you doing there? I mean, I had asked ask permission to put a harmony down back in the day, Carl Kennedy, I mean, he was there, too, along with the way you know, I was doing things. He was really open to what I was doing. So I think everybody just kind of took a, a seat and let me do what I needed to do with spreading at that time. So it was a little bit more, you know, natural without anybody kind of dictating. But along the way, things got that way. And, and look, I don't think they even thought I was right somehow. Otherwise, I would be. I would have still been in the band, which I'll, that's a whole nother whole another interview
0: <laughs> right right you know what i mean I, don't,
2: I, don't, I have no idea i mean again i still i don't do anything different now i'm the same you know i just i do my thing and i try to do it as well as i can and naturally it's hard to try to try to do something unnatural There's a lot of people that are out they do a lot of things that are very unnatural and it's hard to do that i guess you know i don't know i don't i mean you have to be comfortable. You have to be good at what you're doing. I mean, it a hard stuff, thing because there's a lot of words. The riffs are so fast, so moving, you can't even lock into a key sometimes. It's really rough. I mean, I'm not complaining, because I chased it. I went after it. I got it. I somehow I got it, and I still get it. But there's a lot more. It's hard to be melodic with that stuff, you know?
0: Well, you did it, and you do it. I mean, the last couple records are among my favorite Anthrax records with worship music and for all kings. It's great stuff, and uh, you know, I, well, I, I always you. give you the credit for for being that guy that brought singing to this genre of music because it was the reason why I got into it. And uh, you still do it as as good as you ever did it. I seriously mean that, man. It's amazing to watch you do what you do even to this day. And uh, I wish you and your 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 family, everybody there, good health as we go through this craziness. And hopefully we'll all be back to seeing you singing with anthrax. And of course we remind everybody journey, uh, the band that uh, Joey has going called journey beyond doing all journey tunes on the side for people to keep up with you. What do you do on social media? What's your big thing? Where should they go? Well, thank you very
2: much for the plug and, the, the, the kind words that you do. I thank you. That really, it really means a lot to you and you and your family too, by the way. Uh, for my social media i don't I'm not really a big one for that I mean I'm lucky I got a website now Oh
0: then the website what's just your name is yeah, it just com well I got
2: I got you know my I mean again i'm I'm not a good plugger, but I'll do what I can here. Uh, I can tell you that I have a, a site you know I have the, my Facebook you know like everyone else I have the journey one the journey beyond Facebook you know I have you know the Twitter and the Instagram on all of those. You know, all that kind of stuff. I finally got around to doing all that because I was was kind of dormant, you might say. I I just (laughs) never, again, this is like the first time I think I've ever been on like by myself with you at any given time. (laughs) So this is the first too, right? It's been a long time, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and again, thank you for letting me uh, come into your world, you know, and I wish you all the good luck. You've been really doing some great things by yourself now, and and it's got to be really cool, you know.
0: Oh, thanks, man. It's been a long ride and it's fun. And like I said, I had a good time talking with Charlene Scott yesterday because we went down memory lane and uh, all those memories you're very much connected to. Also, I was bringing that up in the conversation. We had some good times over the decades and I'm sure many more to come. So take care of yourself, buddy. Be well. And uh, we'll keep an eye open for Journey Beyond and looking forward to Anthrax firing it up again sometime soon as well.
2: Oh, you know that, and hopefully see you somewhere. I know we will. For sure. Look forward to it. Thank you very much, Eddie. I really appreciate it, and thanks to the fans, and I wish everybody good good health out there, and be safe, man. Thank you all very much.
0: All right, Joey. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon.
2: Right on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Well, my thanks to Joey, always good to visit with him. And earlier in the podcast, my thanks to John 5. And most of all, my thanks to you for listening, downloading, subscribing, and checking out the podcast each and every week. Remember, new episodes every Thursday, always totally free. podcast com, Apple Podcasts, and of course, Spotify and be sure to keep an eye on social media for all the things I got going on at Eddie trunk, Twitter, Instagram fan page on Facebook. And of course the official online home is Eddie music news. You can email me through the site. My appearance is there. Although just like touring bands, there's not many cause everything's in limbo. And, uh, you can also become a member of my website and get exclusive content and hear my FM radio show on demand anytime you want. Katie Irizarry puts this whole thing together for me each and every week. My thanks to her. Be safe. Be healthy, everybody. And I will see you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And don't forget, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, listen to me every day on Sirius XM Volume Channel 106, 2 to 4, 10 to midnight Eastern, doing Trunk Nation, all rock talk and interviews every day. And if you don't have Sirius or XM and you're in the U.S. or Canada, good news. It is totally free. Streaming via the SiriusXM app now through May 15th. So get information online at SiriusXM.com, get signed up and listen to the radio show while you are in quarantine, which hopefully won't be for much longer. Be well, everybody. I'll catch you guys next Thursday for a new episode.